I think I'm going to go ahead and start with the Nevada results. Um, I said I concerning the last caucus that we had, the last primary we had, I said that it, that it was over. It is now over. The word over is in caps lock. It's all caps. Capital O, capital V, capital E, capital R. Bernie Sanders has now, okay, let me just, let me give you some numbers. All right. Bernie Sanders is now, so 84 delegates have declared, okay. Bernie has 35 of them. Buttigieg has 24. Biden has, Biden got, Biden, he lives to fight another day. We'll see what happens, um, in South Carolina on the 29th. Elizabeth Warren has eight. Klobuchar, seven. You know, I'm telling you, man. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's over. It's over. I mean, Bernie Sanders has, he almost has, what, like 37% of the delegates? Let me, let me do the math real quick. 35 divided by 84. He has 42% of the delegates. It's 41.66666 and, you know, that number. So he has 42% of the delegates. Um, March 3rd is not that far away. Um, you know, it shocks me that it shocks me that social, cause see, here's the thing. Socialism is extremely unpopular. It's not, socialism is anti-American. Atheism and socialism are anti-American. There was a Gallup poll that was released um, I can't remember when it was released. I think, actually, I think it was, on, it was on my birthday. Yeah, here it is. It was on my birthday. Yeah. Um, it's called, it's from Gallup. Socialism and atheism still U.S. political liabilities. All right. So the, the highlights of the story, I'm going to get into some percentages in a little bit. <clears throat> All right. Over 90% would vote for a candidate who is black, Catholic, Hispanic, a woman, or Jewish. Uh, much smaller majorities open to atheists, Muslim presidential candidates. Um, majority in the U.S. would not support a socialist for president. Okay, so um, 96% would vote for black. 95% would vote for Catholic. Uh, 94% Hispanic. 93 Jewish. 93 women, uh, 80% evangelical Christian, 78% gay or lesbian, which is, it's higher than I thought. It's higher than I thought. Under 40, 70%, over 70, 69%. Now that to me is scary. Over 70, see, here's the thing. Donald Trump is over, he's over 70. Bernie Sanders is really over 70. He's I want to say 78, 79. Um, Muslim was 66%. Atheist, 60%. Socialist, 45%.
socialism is still extremely unpopular. But what's amazing, what is amazing, is that Bernie Sanders, the Democratic Party, they don't know what to, they don't know what to do with Bernie. They, they, they are lost. Because see, here's the thing. They are so focused on beating Donald Trump. They're like, we gotta get rid of Donald. And now remember, remember, Bernie is technically an independent. He's not really a Democrat. He's just, he just runs in this race. He's really an independent from Vermont. <clears throat> so the Democratic Party is, they're in shambles. They don't, they don't know what to do. They're like, okay. Obviously, right now, he's our best shot at beating Donald. But he's not even in our party, and he's a socialist. If you talk to anyone who understands history, who under, just, if you just do the last hundred years of history, they would understand, they would understand that socialism is horrible. It doesn't work. It has never worked. And it's, it's just incredible that he is in the lead. And by the, by, by this margin, cause he's up, he's up by 11. It's, I told you, it's between Sanders and Buttigieg. Okay. Now, Sanders, I think I think it's going to go to Sanders. I think the nomination is going to go to him. Um, Joe Biden. Joe Biden has ten. Re- Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Klobuchar are fighting for third, but no one cares about third because it's about who's in first. That's what it's about. So Buttigieg has the has the best shot at. At going against Sanders. But. It's it's just. It's sad to see. We're like. We're out of. <laughs> Do you guys realize. The race. The race. Is now. It's going to be between. A billionaire. And. A supposed socialist. And the reason I say supposed. Is because Bernie Sanders. Has three houses that we know of. He may have more. And that's kind of the thing about. Let me say this. I was talking to a, my. Um, the wife of the youth pastor at my church. And we were just talking politics. And we both. Now she's she's a Democrat. But you know. Her and I can talk politics very easily. But one thing that we both like about Sanders. Is his consistency. Over 40 years he's been saying the same thing. Which I I, I applaud and I commend. I You can't take that away from him. You may not like him. You know, I don't like him, but I have to give him credit for that. Being consistent over four decades. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, I, I, I would applaud him for that. But it's amazing. Like, he, he's not really a socialist. Here's the thing. Socialism... It's just like you only get what you need. You you don't get more than you don't get more than you need. Bernie Sanders doesn't need three homes. You know he has he has a he has a commercial he has a he has a political ad out 
where he talks about, you know, supplying 20 million good paying jobs, um, you know, healthcare for all. And oh, just with that topic, that's why Buttigieg and Klobuchar didn't do that, didn't do well. They didn't do well because it's like, because a lot of, they oppose Medicare for all, which there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. People say that medic, that, that healthcare is a right. No, it's not. People who can just, see, here's the thing. It's like, you can do whatever you want to your body. And, you know, we're just, we're all just going to share the load. And everyone is respond, you know, everyone's just responsible for everyone. No, no, no. And the quality of care will go down. That's what people don't understand. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, they'll think, they'll think that something is better than nothing. Which I'll say, you know what? That is true. It's better to have some health care than no health care. I will, I, I concede that. All right. But, we are in a situation here. I like th- like this. I'm astounded. I am astounded that it's going to be between Donald Trump and socialist Bernie Sanders. Like I'm I'm shocked. Now here's the thing: Donald Trump is not far right. If you, if you think that you don't really understand politics, you know, Trump is a, he's a social liberal, socially he's liberal. Politically, he's, you know, just a little, a little bit right. He's not far right. So it's not like a far right versus a far left. It's not, it's not that at all. But this is this is just amazing to me. It's absolutely amazing to me. Now, I still believe Donald Trump is going to win. Um, I think what people need to understand there is a I encourage you, if you haven't already, I encourage you to research socialism. Just, just research it because here's what I believe. Most of these people who are supporting Bernie, I kind of make fun of him and I say that they have probably never taken a history class and if they have, they failed it or just didn't, or didn't attend or whatever. Okay. This is not good. Like, socialism isn't good. It does not work. It leads to disaster. And what's amazing is how Sanders, how many people are behind him. What he says sounds good, but it's not, it's not doable. He's saying, he's saying things that can't, that cannot be done. He's talking about 20 million good paying jobs. Well, what does good paying mean? What's, what is a number? There's a lot of people with, "Quote unquote good paying jobs, but they're they're barely making it." He wants to raise the minimum wage. Let me explain the minimum wage really quick. Okay, you can't 
just give people more money. Businesses don't all of a sudden just get more money. It doesn't work that way. Minimum, minimum wage goes up. Number of jobs goes down. Bernie Sanders wants to tax the wealthy. When the wealthy are taxed, the, the wealthy are the ones. You can talk about the 1%, how they're, they're mean, they're angry, they're, they're stubborn, they're greedy. Yeah, you can go in and call them that. But without them, you wouldn't have a job. They, they supply a lot of jobs. You tax them, they say, okay, you're going to take my money. Okay, I'm going to find a way to, to keep more money in my pocket. And how do I do that? I lay off some people. And now there are people who are like, well, I, well, now I'm out of a job. See, here's the thing. People hate, I, th- I said this earlier, people hate from afar. You know, see, here's the thing. I don't care about how much money Bill Gates has. The amount of money Bill Gates has, the amount of money Jeff Bezos has, the amount of money Warren Buffett has doesn't affect the amount of money that I have. It doesn't work that way. They have a bunch of money. Great for them. Good for them. That doesn't limit the amount that I can get. It doesn't limit the amount that you can get. And people are like, you know what? You know what? Let's, let's take the wealth from the rich. Listen. You can, you can give a poor man, a lot of money. If he has the, but if he keeps the mindset of a poor man, he will, he's soon going to blow through that money and become poor again. It's about mentality. I was talking to this one guy at my church. He's, uh, he's, he's smart. Um, I, I would like to have him on the podcast one day. He, him and I totally disagree. Like we were talking about reparations. And, um, he's, he's, he's really a funny guy. Um, I'm going to see if I can get him on. But anyway, you know, he was saying, you know, give us what we need. Listen. He was, he was saying, you know, give blacks what they, give blacks what they deserve. Here's the thing. You can give, you can give us, quote unquote, give us what you think we deserve. Okay. If we, we have the same mentality, we don't focus on good values, good principles, family, things like that. We don't have those principles. It's just like we, we have our focus on the wrong things. So you can, and it, this, this happens all the time. This happens all the time. There are people who win the lottery and they're, they're broke within 10 years. It's about your mindset. It's not, it's not about that. It's not just taking Always someone's, it's not, it's taking away someone's wealth and just giving it to other people doesn't fix the problem. As a matter of fact, it makes it worse. Cause now you have people, see, here's the thing about the wealthy. They understand money. They understand wealth. They're wealthy for a reason. See, there are people who, who are rich and then they lose it. Delonte West, he's homeless. He, he, if you, if you don't know who that is, that was, that was an NBA player. He was, he's homeless now. He's, he's wandering the streets. He recently just got like mugged. He has nothing. There are people who are rich and they just lose it. The wealthy, they're intelligent. They understand money. They know how it works. They know how to get it. They know how not to lose it. They, they understand, or I shouldn't say completely. 
they don't, you're going to lose money in life. It, it, it does happen. But they can minimize the amount that they lose. They know how money works. A lot of people don't know how money works. Knowledge is key. Okay, they, they are disciplined. There are some people, you give them a million dollars today, they'll go out and spend it, and in a week, they'll be broke. It's about mentality. The wealthy are wealthy for a reason. Just taking it from them and just giving it to people who have no idea what to do with it. They'll just be like, oh, I'll just, I'll just buy a bunch of J's, I'll go on vacations, I'll go to this country, I'll go to this country, I'll go to this country. Many won't do the things that they need to do to keep that wealth. Just taxing the wealthy, it just builds resentment, it increases unemployment. I mean, this, these are, these, these aren't complex ideas. These, these are very basic economics that you, you could teach, you could teach this stuff to a fourth grader and they would understand it. And to me, it's like Bernie Sanders supporters, they hear this stuff and they're like, this is really great. Listen, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. Minimum wage can't just go up there. Everything you do has positive and negative consequences. Okay. $15 an hour. Do you know cost of living will also go up? Everything moves in proportion. It's not about increasing the minimum wage. That's not going to make it, that's not going to make things more livable. Eggs are going to cost more. Milk is going to cost more. Bread is going to cost more. Rent will cost more. It's not like you're just going to have more money and everything else stays the same. If you think that's how the economy works, well, I just, I'm not quite sure about your intelligence in terms of, you know, economics at a basic level. But I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, socialism is not good. It doesn't work. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of Sanders supporters just don't like rich people. These are poor people who've made bad decisions and they just want a handout. That's what Sanders is all about. It's just about everyone just gets a handout. See, here's the thing. People want a, people want things. If they can get something, they, they will try to take the path of least resistance. The easier some something can get done, the people will try to go that route. See, people want to be rich, but people don't want to work hard. That's that's what sep- that's what separates that's what separates people. There, see, everyone everyone wants to have money. Everyone wants that. Is everyone willing to work hard to get that? Is everyone t- willing to do things that others aren't willing to do? Are you willing to work Christmases? Holidays. Instead of going out and partying, are you willing to sit down and study and read? Work extra, invest, delay immediate gratification. Instead of going out and drinking on Fridays and partying on, you know, Friday nights and Saturdays, you know, stay at home. Take that money that you earned and invest it. Not everyone is willing to do, to do that. They won't take a class on learning a skill. These are just people who just, they, they just want a handout. That's what, that's, that's one of the big things I don't like. That's the, one of the main things I don't like about reparations. It's just a handout. 
You haven't earned, we haven't, we have not earned reparations. We, we were never slaves. People who are alive today. We were never slaves. Let's say slavery ended 10 years ago. Now we have, now we actually have a discussion. Now there's actually something where I could be like, okay, I can see where you guys are coming from. And I would probably, probably be, actually very likely be pro, uh, I'd be for reparations. But we are generations removed from that. We've never experienced slavery. Our parents did not experience slavery. Their parents did not experience slavery. So what we have to do is we have to look at things and say, okay, why, why do I want this person? Why, why am I voting for this person? Do, am I just looking for a handout? Am I looking to just get mine? The easiest way possible? I mean, people, people just don't, it's like, we just don't get it. We just don't get it yet. And what's, I'm looking at this poll again, you know, socialism, uh, so in 2015, 47% said that they would, that they would vote for a socialist. It only dropped 2%. Atheism has been on a consistent rise. 1958, only 18% said that they would vote for an atheist. 1983, 42% they would. 2007, uh, 45% they, 45% said that they would. Uh, 2015, 58%. Now in 2020, 60%. These, these are just, just kind of interesting to me. And the huge jump right here is like, in turn, like gays and lesbians. Okay. In 1980, 1983, 29% said that yes, they would vote for a person who was gay or lesbian. In 2007, it jumped up to 55%. And then in eight years, in 2015, 74% said that they would. In five more years, now in 2020, 4%, four more percent, 78% said that they would. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But this this socialism stuff, man, I, I just I don't get it. Like I, I don't I don't get it. It does it doesn't work. I don't under, I don't understand. How many times does something need to be tried before we understand and admit it doesn't work? Socialism has been tried in different countries, I'm gonna say, probably like, probably like two, I can probably think of two dozen just off the top of my head. All of them failed. Miserably. Sanders supporters, he's not gonna be able to pull this off. His stuff sounds good. Free school. It's not really free. Taxes are just gonna skyrocket. It's just, it's, oh God, it, it, it frustrates me. It's like, it's like his supporters, they're either rooted in ignorance 
it's either it's their support is either rooted in ignorance or it's rooted in laziness. Now, I will say this. Some some of his supporters do they support him because of his consistency. Now that I will now if you're gonna support him, if if the way you look at candidates is saying, okay, who's been the most consistent? Then Bernie Sanders is the guy to go to. He's been the most consistent. He's first of all, he's got the years. He's 78, 79, he's right up there. He's been doing this thing for 40 years. He's been saying the same thing for 40 years. So if you are looking for consistency, it makes sense to go for him. If that if that's your number one thing. But the thing I look for, and what most people should look for, is policy. What do you want to do? How are you going to do it? How are you going to do it? That's what matters. I don't know. How, I mean, how do you guys think he's going to do Medicare for all? How do you got... The quality of the healthcare is going to drop. People talk about other countries where they say, oh, you know, they pay much less. Okay, how long are they waiting for? Okay, what kind of care are they getting? You have to ask these questions. And I just, I, I just, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it anymore. With this, with this socialism stuff. I, I, I just, I don't know. And especially, especially the older supporters of him. That's what I don't understand. It's like, you've seen America fight against socialism. You know, you understand how bad it is. But you support a socialist. A supposed so. He's, here's the thing. He doesn't really practice what he preaches. So in a way, he's not consistent. What he's been saying is consistent, but life, lifestyle wise, no. He doesn't need three homes. You don't know, like, you, you don't need three homes. He wants three homes. And so what did he do? He bought three homes. He may have more. It wouldn't surprise me if he had more. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done with this story. Um, Super Tuesday is almost here. It's almost here. And we're gonna see how that turns out. Okay. Um, what, where do I want to go? Oh, I want to tie this story in. Okay. Um, it's gonna be real short. Um, so Pete Buttigieg was approached by a, a nine-year-old kid who, I think this kid just wanted attention, personally. Um, because I saw this story and I was like, okay, this is just stupid. What happened was there's this nine-year-old kid who's gay and he goes up to Pete and he says, look, I want to be brave like, in a nutshell, he says, look, I want to be brave like you and can you help me come out to say that I'm gay? Okay, is that not, that, that's like, that's just stupid. Here's something that could, that, you know what, let me just go to the article. Okay. Um, this was from CNN on yesterday, okay? 
Pete Jack shared an emotional moment with a young supporter in Denver on Saturday night. Thank you for being so brave. The boy, later identified as nine-year-old Zachary Rowe, wrote in a question submitted via Fishbowl during the presidential hopeful Saturday rally. Would you help me tell the world I'm gay too? I want to be brave like you. Okay, once that question is read, and you are, and you the kid are standing up, we now know that you're gay. So he doesn't need, you don't need Pete's help to come out as gay because you've already done it. I just, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Some people I legitimately think, and people may say, oh, that's cute, it's adorable, you know, he's nine, you know, he's discovering who he is. I'm not going to get into all that, but I, some people just want attention. You're nine, you know, you know that this is going to be on TV. You're not, I mean, you're, you're, you're not stupid. At least I hope not. You know this is going to be on television. And you say, can you help me tell the world that I'm gay when you've already, when you, you just did that. You just did that. I don't know. I don't know. But what's amazing, I kind of wanted to tie the story into the the Gallup poll where people are more and more willing over the years to uh, pay, I mean not pay, but vote for a candidate who's gay or lesbian. Now that's amazing. Okay. I'm going to get into I'm going to get into Steven Spielberg's daughter. Um okay. Um now I've never shared this and some of you might know this already. But um during my life I had a period in my life where I was a porn addict. And I mean a hard, like, a hard, like, deep addiction. I'm writing, I'm writing a book on it, on my, on my experience and how to get out of it. And stuff like that. But it was very deep. I mean, I was, during the lowest point, I was watching porn four to seven hours a day. During this dark period of my life. So, this story, this story is interesting to me. So, I'm, so, let me just get into the story. Steven Spielberg reportedly concerned over daughter's adult entertainment career. This week, this from Fox News, this week, um, brought a Steven Spielberg blockbuster no one saw coming. On Wednesday, the director's daughter, Michaela, announced to the world that she is embarking on a film career of her own as a porn star. The 23-year-old told the son about making solo sex videos that she posted on Pornhub.com and how she is working to get licensed to become an exotic dancer in Nashville. The self-proclaimed sexual creature said she, in quotes, got really tired of not being able to capitalize on my body, end quote. She's now launched an account on the OnlyFans app on which viewers can pay $15 a month subscription fee to watch her. Um, I'm, let me, I'm gonna 
go off a little bit right here. Not go off as in being angry, but just, you know, give my own input. Okay, now, again, I'm not a parent yet. Okay, that, that day is coming and I, I can't wait for that day. But I'm, but I'm gonna be honest. You know what, let me get more into the article and then I'll, then I'll keep that. Let me, I just gotta read like two more lines. Despite this, Michaela said that her parents, Stephen and his actress wife of 29 years, Kate Capshaw, are not upset, are quote, not upset, end quote, and even, quote, intrigued, end quote, by her life choices. A Spielberg source told the Post that, uh, as Michaela said, Stephen and Kate are nothing but supportive of her, as they are with all their children, end quote. Okay, um, here's, here's my thing. I'm, I'm not a parent. I keep, I keep saying this. But listen, as a parent, I don't think that, I don't think you could 100% support your child in getting into this industry. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. Even if you, even if their parent, their parents were ex porn stars and were a part of the adult entertainment industry. All right. There. You are going, you are going to feel something where you're just like, can you please pick anything else? I know, I know somewhere inside Stephen and his wife Kate, I know that somewhere inside them they were like, my God, would, can you be anything else? Anything else? You know, the things that certain porn videos are unbelievably graphic. I mean, I I I was seeing things that I didn't even that I was just like, "Oh my god." Like porn, porn every time you watch porn, you induce a little bit of brain damage to yourself. And pretty soon your mind is warped. And it does it doesn't take long at all for it to happen. But everything you view warps your mind. And this is just really if the, if this were my kid, it would it would break my heart. It would break my heart. Would I still love I would I still love my daughter or son? Yes, I would. I don't think I would be in contact with them or would have the same relationship with them. I would still love them. It would still be there. They're my kid. But I, I, like, at some point I would just, I would beg them. I'd be like, please pick anything else. Anything. Like, 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 what, like, what, like, what, what, what's your number two option? I will, I, I will try to help you get into that as best as I can. Please don't pick being a porn star. You can't really come out. You can't. Here's the thing. There are people who come out of that world. 
you can't really complete you can't really disassociate from that world entirely because now there there are multiple videos of you on the internet doing things that most people would be ashamed to do some might say oh you know that person's really liberated you know that's a really strong person and everyone else just kind of looks at you and they're just like they see they see you as less than they do and i i i think this is this is this is heartbreaking this this is heartbreaking like this is this is not a happy story this is this is sad and whenever whenever i whenever i watched porn i was i would always think not always but there would be times where i was where i'd be in class just thinking you know i wonder what their parents think like i just like i just wonder you know how how would their parents like how would their parents feel how would i feel if you know if my daughter was a porn star and she was you know being gangbanged by like eight dudes how would i feel about that this is this is this is just a sad story and I just, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really think about talking about the story, but you know, I recently wrote an article, um, concerning, concerning black history month. And at the bottom, I had my bio, I had my biography. It's a little two sentence thing. And it talked about how I was the host of this podcast and how I have a book coming out on the dangers of pornography and how to come out of it. It's going to be uh, published, hopefully, by this summer. And it, this just, it's its heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But I, I'm excited to publish the book concerning that. And I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, if you don't buy my book, um, let me just, let me just say this. Specifically, specifically to younger kids, younger kids, do like, don't watch it. It's a very dangerous road. It is possible that you don't become addicted. That's possible. But what, but I'm telling you, it, 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 it does brain damage to you. It does. You see the world in a different way. You see people in a different way. I mean, you'll, I, I, I don't even, like, just, like, I'm just thinking about the, like, some of the videos that I've seen. And I'm just like, like, now I look back and I'm like, how in the world was I watching that and enjoying that? I mean, I was really, really deeply addicted. And it is such a, it's a dangerous road. Do not even think about going down there. Now, 
there I was I was once asked I was once asked by one of my friends who um who knew that I had a, that I had an addiction. Now no, now let me say this: while I was addicted, nobody knew that I was addicted. Addicted. No one. I didn't tell anybody. It was it was a solo journey, and that's kind of one of the different things about my book. Like I didn't go get help. Like no one else knew. Like this was an internal battle that I had for you know many years. So, uh, he pretty. Oh, that's where I was going. My friend asked me. He said, he said. So, if you weren't. Oh, Let's say he's, he asked me, I can't remember the exact wording of the question, but it was something like, did you, when you watched porn, did it help you get rid of some of your sexual frustration and not, it made it easier for you not to sleep with, uh, girls? And when he asked me that, it's, it was something that I never thought about before. And, I don't quite remember how I answered, but that question was just really interesting to me. And I think I'm going to address that in the book. I'm not going to reveal that answer here. Um, you'll be able to find that and the rest of my story um, in the book that I publish. Um, it's probably going to come out around late July or August, somewhere in that time. Um, but yes, that's where... That's where we're at. This is this is just a sad story. Uh, Michaela, she she's a beautiful girl. She really is. Um, and she's going to be sexually objectified. And the the, the sad thing is, she's going to be doing solo videos. So it's going to be like you're doing it to yourself. It's like wow. Cause let let me like ladies, let me just say this. If you're thinking about doing it, here's what I'm telling you. We no longer see you as you're not a lady in our eyes. We don't see you as a lady, and you may not care about that. That's that's fine. You don't you don't have to care. But I'm telling you, ultimately, we will deem you to be unattractive. You won't be attract. You won't be attractive to guys. You won't. Like, physically, you'll be like, dang, she's, like, she bad. Would you date her? No. Hell no, I wouldn't. Would you marry her? Definitely not. Would you want to be seen in public with her walking down the street together? Probably not. You're, you're not a lady. You're, you're just this, as the way she described herself, a sexual, sexual creature. That's how we'll see you. We'll just, we'll see you as a, as a sex object. When I was, when I was watching, when I was, when I was watching these videos, I just, I didn't, I didn't see these women. I was like, I, I was like, these aren't, like, these aren't ladies. Like, you immediately, here's what happens. You dehumanize those people that you see in the videos. It will, oh, it will happen. You think, oh, I can, that can never happen to me. Oh, yes, it does. Just watching it one time will do that. That's how powerful pornography is.
Okay. Um, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go last? Um, I think I'm going to go with the Oklahoma, um, announcer story. Um, in case you don't know, there, uh, this is from ABC News. Let me, let me just say what happened. There was a high school basketball game and there was a, uh, there was an announcer who pretty much just flat out said these names. I have no idea how to pronounce these names. These names suck. He didn't say these. He pretty, he pretty much said that these names are disgusting and I'm going to do my best to pronounce them. And you can see when he said, like, there's, there's a video of it. And when he says that, everybody, in, everybody that you can see in the video, there are players lined up on the court and you can see some people in the stands. And right when he says, like, disgusting, everyone just like, did, like, you can hear the person who is recording the video say, did he just say that? Like, I was like, wow, this guy really just said that. And these were players, these players were, um, Black and Native American. Um, now, here's the thing about names. Names are incredibly important. Names matter. Names are, they're, they're a huge part of your identity. Names need to, they should mean something. And they should mean something strong and good and virtuous. Things, you know, things like that. But what this guy did, it, no. To say that a name, first of all, first of all, the courage that this guy had, the courage that this guy had, this guy, this guy just didn't care. He knew he had, he knew he was on the microphone. And he just flat out said, I mean, he said it with no hesitation at all. Like he just said, he's like, yeah, these names are just disgusting, but hey, you know what? I'm going to do my best to pronounce them. Like he just, like he just said it. I was like, well, doggone it. Well, this is just something else. So, what he did, what, what, again, what he did was wrong. And he, um, he was, he was replaced in the second half. Um, I just, I just, I, I can't, I can't believe that this guy did it. Um, the exact quote is, now their names are pretty disgusting, but I'm going to try to call them out while apparently referring to the visiting team. Um, man, this, this, this is just rough. These ladies didn't deserve that. Um, let's say this. Let's say you think someone's name is disgusting. Okay. I would never, I would never call a name, I would never call a name disgusting. I would say, okay, that's a bad name. Like, I'm, I might say that, but I would say it in my head. But I would not out loud say that, okay, these names are disgusting. Um, it, it, it just, it, it shocks me. It shocks me. If you really think that names, that there, that these people have disgusting names, just keep that in your head. I didn't think he needed to, he didn't really need to say that out loud. I think what, I think he said that 
And it's it it's possible. I try to give the benefit of the doubt to people. I try to do that. So let me just take some time and just I I I don't actually think this, but let me just let me, let's just play this out. Let's say he meant these names um are pretty difficult, but I'm going to try to do my best. Instead of discussing maybe he meant difficult. I don't actually believe that. Difficult and disgusting are two totally different sounding words. And if he, once he says disgusting, he immediately should have apologized. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And the names, now here's the thing. People, the way people spell their names is interesting because sometimes there are names that are, that have a certain way that they're spelled. And, you know, that's considered the normal way. And then you see other names. Where it, where it's really the same name, but it's just spelled differently. You're like, okay, well, what do I do with this? When it comes to names that are not white, um, there are names where it's just, it's difficult. Unless you are in that culture, then you can, then you can really do it. But even then, like, I look at some black names, I'm like, how did y'all come up with this? Like, like, first of all, it's like sometimes I'll hear a black name. And I'll be like, okay, like, I'll joke to myself, like, okay, put that name on a spelling bee. Like, there are just certain names where I'm like, how did you come up with that? I kind of joke around and I, I tell, <laughs> I tell, you know, my mom or my siblings, you know, cause sometimes you'll just hear, you'll just hear bad names on the news or something like that. And I'll just be like, you know what? What the, what they should have done is right when the baby was born, the mother should have just held the child and just looked at the nurse and just said, you know, the nurse asked, you know, what would you like to name the child? Just tell the nurse, you know, hey, I'm out of ideas. You pick. Because some, cause some names, I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Like, it's like some people, he, some people try to be unique. But there is a thing where it's like, okay, that's okay. Now you're just being weird. Like, it's just weird. You know, per, naming someone xylophone. Which, by the way, is actually someone's name. Naming someone's xylophone. You know. Jarkisha. Tadero. You know, just, you know, just names where it's like, what are you actually trying to do? My name means man of peace or man of wisdom. That's what my name means. I just, I just think, I just think na names are important. When you name, when you name someone, name, I would say name them after, you can name them after historical people. Um, name them, like me, I want to, like, I want to start a tradition where I have sons, you know, when I have sons, I, I don't want to necessarily give them a biblical name. I may do that. But I do want to start a thing where it's like names of, you know, famous kings, famous great kings in the, like in history. That's kind of a tradition that I want to start. And hopefully, you know, my sons carry that on. They may not, but that's my sons will have the names of kings. And they'll be they'll be great kings. That's like to me, that's. That's just. I, I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine having a bad name.
And I think a lot, I think a lot of times, you know, when it comes to like job interviews, like people, you know, people talk about if you put a different name on a different application, if you take the same, if you take the same, um, same resume, just change the names. I can, I can understand why some, why some employers wouldn't take the black names. Cause some names you just, you're like, how do I pronounce this? How do I pronounce this? And they're like, okay, if this person comes in for the job interview, I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to shake their hand, you know, and say, you know, I'm eventually going to have to say their name. I don't want to embarrass myself. And even if I ask them, so how do you pronounce your name? Some names are just totally difficult to pronounce because sometimes they'll pronounce their name. You'll look at the, you'll look at the paper with their name on it. And in the English language with the way, you know, you pronounce things, the way, you know, phonetics and just things like that, you're like, okay, that's not even how you would pronounce your name. That's not even, like, that's like, we just make up ways to pronounce stuff. And you can't help but do that because you go, we go to school for a reason. You're taught how to read, you know, you know, certain things when you come to a certain word, you know, it's like, okay, when you see this, okay, there are certain rules, you know, uh, with two vowels go walk and the first one does the talking, you know, like in the word read, R-E-A-D, you say, you say the letter E, you say its name, you know, but there are sometimes you'll see, you'll see, you know, a name and it has like two vowels together and it's, it's pronounced like, if you see like E-A together, it may be pronounced like, you know, like a, like a, like a Y. And it's like, like, how did you come up with that? How'd you come up with the name and how'd you come up with the spelling? But names matter. You know, to the, you know, to the black community, I just want to say, you know, you know, we, you know, there are people who are, you know, we're proud of, you know, which people try to be proud of their culture. It's like, yes, you, you can do that. But it's like, okay, there are some names where it's just like, it's an, just, a, it's a joke. It's a joke and you get made fun of. Cause it sounds like you're just trying to be special and you're just trying to be different. You know, it's like after nine, it's like strange, like after 1970, and I think this has to do with like, you know, the drugs that that generation was taking where they just, they just came up with these bad names. You know, there's no, you know, you know, Doris, Larry, you know, Calvin, uh, Sheila, um, you know, Jill, Mary, you know, those, those names do still exist, things like that. But like, it's like after 1970 hit, you just got some names where you were like, what? Like, I kind of feel bad for those nurses during that time period where they're like, Okay, so what do you want to name the child? And, you know, you just say, okay, can you spell it, please? It, it, it's just that, I don't know. I don't know. But we in the black community, we can't, when we keep naming our children certain things and we're like, oh, you know, it's ethnic and it's for the for our culture. Okay. Let, let me just say this. 
we've here's the thing if you want to bring i'm just you can interpret you can interpret what i'm saying i'm gonna go around the bush you know i think you guys i think i can get the picture because I've, I've done a lot of you know direct approaches i'm gonna see if i can go around the bush and you guys can just interpret what i'm saying we do things when you do something it brings about a certain result okay if we're doing certain things and they lead to certain results, and we don't like those results, and we want better results, why should we keep doing the same thing? Why should we keep putting in the same kind of input and expect a different output? Keep naming them, keep, you know, you can keep the name Jarkisha. See where that name, you know, brings you. Now, I'm going to say this. There may be someone out there named Jarkisha and that they're successful. There may be someone out there named, you know, Tadero, you know, they, you know, just, you know, you, you, you know, black names, you know, just, you know, because there are some things where it's like, you know, there's black names and then there's like, Black in all caps names. So, if we want, you know, maybe if we want different results, you know, let's, you know, give give names that mean something. That means something. I once met a guy and his name was Nat. N-A-T. You gotta be kidding me. Like, like you gotta be kidding me. And this, this, and this individual was white. And I was like, I was like, like, here's my thing. You're pregnant for nine months and you come out and you say, okay, well, well, I, I mean, the, the best I got is this, Nat. What? That like you, like you had nine months and you come up with a three letter name? That, that's like, that's like the fly gnat, G-N-A-T. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. But to me, names matter. Names matter. Um, but yeah, let's, that, that's really where I'm going to end. Um, but remember, your name, your name means something. Conduct, character, authority, and purpose. I learned that from a pastor. That's that's what that's what is involved in a name. You know how do you conduct yourself? You know what what is your what is your character like? What do people think of you? How do people perceive you? What power do you have? What purpose do you serve? All those questions are tied into an are tied to a name. It's so important. And when you give names that are, you know, jokes, it's like, no, a name, it's not meant to be funny. It's not meant to be joked, joked about. Names are serious. Give name, give names that mean something strong. Something virtuous. Something, you know, cause some, here's the thing. People can lose. Here's the thing. I, I thought I was done, but I'm not. 
in terms of dating, there are some people who they just have names where it's like, it's like, okay, this, this name does not roll off the tongue. This name, it's like, I don't know if I could be with someone and consistently try to say this name. Like, like that's a real thing. There are some people who they can be great and they're awesome and they're, you know, good people. But it's like, it's like, I, I don't like your name. That, that is a real thing. I had one friend in high school and two friends in college. Um, where they, they all said the same thing. They said, you know, I went on this date. This girl was, you know, she was great. But I was just like, I like her name. Just it's like it sucked. I knew a girl who said, you know what? He was a great guy. Um, he was funny. He was smart. But I just, I don't think I can just say his name because it's, it's kind of a joke. And I, and she was like, I don't want to be mean, but it just. And I said, no, I get it. So that's a real thing, you know, just for your child, for your child's future. You know, just come on. Pick good names, folks.